on our birthday and just get well things and so forth. So thank you so much, and uh, I appreciate very much your prayers, I do. Uh, we went through a period of time in which I was almost in constant pain. It was a, a, a sort of a crazy thing. And then I had MRIs done and x-rays and everything. One doctor said, uh, you're probably going to wind up in a wheelchair and, you know, and he's real negative about it all. And uh, he said, I got arthritis of the spine and, you know, bad stories and all that kind of stuff. Went to Dr. Turlings and Dr. Turlings said, we're going to try to get you through this. You know, Dr. Turlings was, was one time in our church here and he now he's in Merritt Island. I mean, he lives in the beach side, but he... He's at his practice in Merritt Island. I went to Dr. Turling's, and, uh, and he said, well, we're going to try to get you through this. So he worked with me on some things and put me in touch with therapists, and these therapists have been working with me on things. And So I'm about past that constant pain thing. I don't deal with that as much anymore. So that's a wonderful feeling not to have the pain. And uh, there was a couple of times I'd be sitting, and I'd have this little push cart, and I'd forget that I was using it, and I'd get up and start to walk away, just like you always do when you get up from the table, like we'd be out eating dinner or something. And I said, dear Lord, I, I'm feeling, I gotta be feeling better to think that you get up and walk away, you know? So one night we went in from, from being out, and, and uh, so I just left my push cart in the office where I had gone in there and sat down, and I went, uh, I walked out, just walked out without it. And my wife was so happy when you see me just walking without it. And I was happy. So we thank God. And we had a little worship service around there. What I'm trying to say is that I think I'm doing better. And it's just wonderful to be back in a situation where I can uh, teach. A lot of people don't understand this, but when you're in a lot of pain, it's not just the teaching, it's the ability to concentrate, to, to teach, just to study. And, and the uh, dealing with, you know, having to shift and shift and move and get away from, you know, this pain this way and that way and all that. And uh, I just couldn't bring it to uh, concentrate on getting Bible studies together. It's more than just teaching. But uh, God has, uh, has dealt with my heart here lately to talk to you about what I want to talk to you about here this morning. And uh, this is the things that are happening in the world. You well know that. And uh, there's a lot of... Uh, things going on, and I'm going to get into our Bible lesson, if you will, with me. Uh, most of you know, especially last week, not so much this week, but last week, uh, there's been a lot of uh, words passed uh, by uh, your, your North Korean dictator. They, they call him the guy with the bad haircut, you know, and uh, his, uh, his threats and his intimidation, trying to intimidate America, all those kind of things, and then, of course, Trump's uh, aggressive uh, verbalization right back to him and with him on that and uh, saying, you know, we'll blow you off the face of the map if you even think about it, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And so, and, and it gets a lot of the American people, uh, where are we in this? It gets them nervous. And what a lot of American people are doing now, they watch the news a little bit and then they shift over and watch some kind of a story or a movie or anything just to get away from the news because this looks so bad. It looks so bad. And, uh, I was praying not long ago, and I said, Lord, I said, where are we as the church? And I'm going to talk to you more about that next week, where we as the church are. But I said, where are we as the church? And the Lord spoke to my heart. I think I mentioned this the other night in service. 
But the Lord spoke to my heart and he says, awake. There was the one word, awake. And I, and I said, we need an awakening. The church needs it. We always say we need a revival or we pray, we pray for a revival, but we need an awakening. And if you'll look at the seven churches of Asia, the last one, the Laodicean church, which represents the last part of the church age. There, were, there was a Laodicean church, literally, but uh, this, it also is symbolic of various periods of time throughout the church age, those seven churches. And that last church, Laodicean, it's the biggest problem it had, it was lukewarm. And you see, in the age and day in which we are living, we Christians now, I'm talking about all, all of us that are real solid Christians. Uh, we Christians, we apostolic, whoever you want to, however you want to put the name on us, uh, we need to sort of wake up because this is a day and time and age, especially in America and in most of it, in the world as we know it right now, that we'll get lulled off to sleep and we'll just go through our routine and routine and everything and we do everything just by out of habit. We can even come to church and just sort of be in church but not really worshiping. And the Lord spoke to my heart and says, we really need to awaken because this is the time the church needs to wake up because some serious things are coming down the pike. And I want to talk to you about some things in the Word of God and in the Bible because these things are absolutely coming on the earth. When you hear about people like, uh, like the dictator of North Korea, and uh, when you hear stories about Iran and they're boasting and how they'd like to, not like to, but they plan to blow Israel off the face of the earth. All of those things are signs of the, very, of the end time. They're things that are going to come to pass. And what you have are rogue nations that are getting the atomic or nuclear power in their hands. And this is a very dangerous thing because among them, Somebody is going to be uh, not very tactful or doesn't have enough counselors around them to say, no, 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 we can't go that route. We can't do that. We can't go, you know, uh, firing off nuclear weapons and so forth. And so somebody will do something. It's a matter of time. I read an article not long ago by a, one of our major generals, and he said it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when, when it will happen. And I immediately go to the Word of God because the Word of God has got all these answers in the Word. Now, I want you to turn with me, if you would, to Revelation chapter 5. I'm going to jump into Revelation. And I want to talk to you here tonight, this morning a little bit about all the things being reported that's coming on the earth. And I want you to look at this with the things coming on the earth now. They're coming. They're, they're, they're on their way. Uh, how long, when is the Lord coming? And when is all these things going to take place? And the Bible says, no man knoweth the day nor the hour of the coming of the Lord. And when you hear somebody start predicting the day and the hour or even the year or anything like that, they're way off base. Go to your calendar and mark it off and say, this is one day the Lord will not come. Because the Bible says, in a time that you think not, the Lord will come. And, and I'll read a scripture to you in a few minutes, but we are the children of the day, not of the night. So when others do not even look or think about it, we are aware of it because we're in touch with the Lord. But uh, the coming of the Lord is, is going to be at a time when nobody knows 
but we know that it is time for the Lord to come. We know that. The signs are there. He said, when you see all these things come to pass, then look up, for your redemption draweth nigh. And there's a scripture in Hosea 6.2 that says that Israel would uh, be uh, scattered in the world for two days, and the third day I will raise them up. And the Bible says in a couple of other places, a day with the Lord is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. And it's that way, and it says that in Second Peter, another scripture in Psalms, it says that uh, also when the Lord told Adam and Eve in the day that ye did this fruit, ye shall surely die. They did not die in a 24-hour day. They died in a dispensational day. Adam lived to be 930 years, but nobody has ever lived past 1,000 years. A day with the Lord is 1,000 years. And so when that scripture says that Israel would be scattered for two days and the third day I will raise her up, I remind you here that we're in the year 20. Now we are, you know, 1900 was, and then we're in year 2017 now. So we are close to the time of the coming of the Lord and all these things that have been talked about in the word of God coming to pass on us. Praise the Lord. And so it's really time that we really need to be concerned. Uh, not only is, uh, the, uh, is North uh, Korea, uh, you know, saying what it's saying and doing what it's saying and so forth, but also Iran is, you know, carrying on and doing certain things. This is something that all of us need to understand about the country of Iran. They are Muslims, but they are a different type of Muslim than what is in much of the Arab world. Uh, Iran is not Muslim. They do not, I mean, they're not the Arabs. And the Arabs and the Iranians have quite a difference between their view about things about the Islam religion. Uh, they're even their, their structure is different. Uh, the caliphate is what they call it in, in Iran, but in, I mean, in, in Persia, in, uh, I'm sorry, in, uh, in the Arab world, in Saudi Arabia and, and so forth. But it, in, the, uh, in the Iranian world, uh, they call their leaders imam. And uh, there is a branch of the Muslim, they call the Shiite Muslims that are in Iran. There's a, a group of them that's called the 12th imam. And the imam is the same thing as the caliphate would be if you named it in the, in the Arab language. And the imam is the head guy. He's the guy that succeeds Muhammad. And uh, they are saying that the 12th imam, uh, who lived back in 900 A.D., never died, and that he is hidden away, and he is secluded in some hidden mountain somewhere, and that one day he will come forth. And to be quite honest with you, he is their Messiah. You understand what I'm saying? And they believe that. They believe that, that 12th imam. And uh, the father was going to fight a battle with the, with the caliphates of the Arab world, and he told three men, take my son and hide him in the mountains and uh, stay with him until we get back from this battle. Well, his father never got back because his father lost the battle. And so these three watched over him, and two of them died, and finally the third one came back, and they said, what happened to the 12th imam that was to take his father's place when he passes on? What happened to him? And he said, he's staying, staying hid. That's so all he said, he's staying hid in the mountains, and uh, we're just going to leave him there, and he will come forth at the right time. Well, when is the right time? When the whole world is in chaos 
and confusion and war, that's when he will appear and he'll lead the, the, the world of, the, of Islam into victory and then there will be world peace. And this is why the Muslim religion says we are a peace-loving people only if they are in charge and they're totally the conqueror. Then, then the world is at peace. And so this view that they have is that when the world's in chaos and confusion and fighting and everything, then the imam can come forth. So, so if the world gets into a lot of fighting and, and, uh, and friction and there's war, then to them, this is it. This is whenever we're going to rise to the top. So they don't mind all of the destruction and all the killing. And that's why you're seeing a lot of that happening over in different places right now. They want to create chaos. Do you understand what I'm saying here? This is their religion. It's what they believe. And, uh, and if you kill in the name of Allah, it's okay. It's a, you get extra points in heaven and all that kind of stuff. So it's, it's a weird belief. It's different than any other kind of religion in the world. And yet, and yet there are many Muslims getting saved. Did you know that? Many Muslims getting saved. A lot of people don't know this, but we have a great church that is, uh, is one of those strongholds of the ISIS movement that's in North, I northern Iran, in northern, I in northern Iraq, I'm sorry, northern Iraq, where the old, right across the river where the old city of Nineveh was. Uh, we have a, there's a city there that we have a church there and one of our missionaries told us we have as many as 600 apostolic Jesus name baptized, Holy Ghost filled uh, uh, I Iraqis that are saved there. And so they're scattered all over the place. I've talked to missionaries who have been through Saudi Arabia and they're very quiet about it, but they are there. You know, they're, they're here and there. Uh, we've met those people. I've, I met a guy on a, on a cruise ship many years ago and uh, he saw my Bible with my name on it, and he said, are you, uh, are you a minister? I said, yes. I said, Reverend J.E. Myers. He said, what kind? I said, Pentecostal. He says, are you Jesus' name baptized, Holy Ghost filled? And he was, a, he was a, a Filipino, and he was on, working on that ship. I said, I said uh, yes. And uh, he said, that's what I am. And so we hugged each other. He was the guy that cleaned our room every, every day for us, you know, while we were on the ship. And everything, and he said, I'm so glad to meet you and everything. And he started telling me, he said, before I came on the ship, he said, I was stationed in Saudi Arabia. And he said, I worked in one of the palaces of one of those sheiks. And, and he says, you know, and he said, one of his wives was sick. And I said, if you'll let me, and if you'll believe in Jesus, I'll pray for you. And she says, I will, but don't tell my husband, you know. So, so he prayed for her and she was healed. So the husband asked her, said, why, how is it that you got here? What happened? She said, I'll tell you, but don't tell nobody. He said, all right. So she told him, said, I was healed because God gave me. And he said, I am so happy, but don't you tell nobody. We'll keep it a secret to ourselves, you know, that you were prayed for by a man that believed in Jesus and Jesus healed you. Okay. And these are, these are Muslims. So I'm just saying that God is doing a work, folks, all over the world in many mysterious ways. And the coming of the Lord is near at hand. But there's also that underlying working that's going to come to pass. And there is going to be a lot of trouble and situations that will happen here in America. Now, I, uh, I want to go uh, to the fifth chapter of the book, Revelation, because I want to talk about some destruction that's coming on the earth. And this is, this is so heavy duty, it's almost R-rated. I mean, it is bad, bad news. And, but it's in the Bible. It will happen. 
But if you walk with God and you serve the Lord and you live for God, I promise you, and I'll show you some of those things next week, but I'll show you how God is going to take care of his own people and what he's going to do and how he's going to do it. I want you to look with me, if you would, in Revelation chapter 5, verse 1. Uh, this is a little portion of scripture where the lamb is it's a, a symbolic scene in heaven. And uh, just before all the judgments of God come upon the earth. And it says here, verse five, chapter 5, verse 1, And I saw on the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written therein, and on the backside, sealed seven seals, sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof? And no man in heaven nor in the earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book, neither to look therein. Notice that. No man. And I wept much because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look therein, because it was a book of judgment that was going to be opened. And nobody is worthy to see judgment come upon the world because we are all sinners saved by grace. None of us are perfect. We all know that. And so this is what was being brought forth. Verse 5, one of the elders said unto me, Weep not, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, and we all know that to be Jesus Christ, hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne of the four beasts in the midst of the elders, these are, these are all symbolic scenes that John saw in his vision, stood a lamb as it had been slain, speaking of Jesus Christ. Now, this is another symbolic term. Having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent forth into all the earth. <clears throat> if you ever want to study that, sometimes you'll have to go over to the book of Isaiah. I can show you scripture on it. Verse 7. And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. Now, what is this? And it was God sitting on the throne. And then there was worship and so forth that happened. Now, this is where that God hands the power to judge the world to Jesus Christ. Not a second person in the Godhead, but a second manifestation or a different manifestation of God. God is the Father and God is the Son. And if you can't grasp that, don't worry about it. God's greater than what we can grasp a lot of things about him, you know. But great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in flesh, justified in spirit, and so forth. Now, I want you to go with me back over here to the book of uh, John for a moment. And I'm going to show you the scriptures. And this is found in John uh, chapter uh, 5 and verse 22. John 5, 22. And it says that for the Father judgeth no man but hath committed all judgment unto the Son. Everybody see that? Now, Jesus is saying that. Look down at verse 27. This is a confirmation to that verse. And hath given him, the Son, <clears throat> authority to execute judgment also because he is the Son of Man, because, in other words, he is flesh. Jesus, God manifest in flesh, came to this world, and he suffered, and he bled, and he died, and he went through Calvary, and he is worthy because he's the lamb slain, he is worthy then to open the seals that will bring judgment upon the world because it is such a severe judgment. And I'm going to show you that in just a moment. There's another scripture also in, in Romans 2.16. Can you, can you give that on the overhead of uh, Romans 2.16? 
in that day when God shall judge the secrets of the hearts of men by Jesus Christ according to my gospel, by Jesus Christ. So Jesus becomes the one who will break open the seals. Everybody with me on that now? Now, I want you to go to, to the next chapter in Revelation, which is chapter 6. <clears throat> We're in chapter 5. I want you to go to chapter 6 here. And I'm going to talk, first of all, here about the, the uh, four horses of the apocalypse. And I think most of us are somewhat familiar to it, but I'm going to read these verses of Scripture. But when he began to open the seals, this is what began to happen. And this is what is coming on the earth. This is coming to pass. Now, look verse one, chapter six and verse one. And I saw when the lamb opened one of the seals and I heard as it were the noise of thunder, one of the four beasts saying, come and see. And I saw and behold, <clears throat> a white horse. Everybody say a white horse. A white horse. And he that sat on him had a bow and a crown and was given unto him and he went forth conquering and to conquer. The white horse represents a peace. But there's a little problem here. He went forth conquering and a conquering with only a bow. There's no arrows involved here. In other words, you can't conquer with just a bow. And so this white horse represents a peace, but it is a false peace. Excuse me. <coughs> Very sorry. But it is a false peace that will come on the earth. And I want you to look with me, if you would, in 2 Thessalonians uh, for just a moment here. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. I want to show you something here. Look at 5 and 2. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 2. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. And then it says in verse 3, For when they shall say, Peace and safety... Then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman <clears throat> with child, and they shall not escape. Now, I'm just going to read verse 4 because it's just a, a little bit of a light here about us. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. <clears throat> and it goes on to talk about it, and I will talk about that later on, probably when we talk about where we are in all of this. But remember this, this is the spirit, this is what the world is facing. They hear these things, excuse me again. <coughs> they hear these things, they know they're coming on the earth and so forth, and it will begin to become a terror. And so when you get into the sixth chapter of the book of Revelation, all of a sudden, there's going to be a false peace. Everybody say, hey, everything's okay. Everything's all right. Let's just keep going and marry, make merry and... Have a good time. Now look at the next verse. Look at verse 3. When he had opened the second seal, this is now Jesus opening these seals, these seals, I mean. When he had opened the second seal, I heard the second beast say, come and see, and I went out another horse that was red. Now red represents war, where white represents peace, red represents war. And power was given to him that set thereon to take peace from the earth <clears throat> and that they should kill one another and there was given unto him a great sword the word great implying this is a big big war now we've gone through world war one in the last century we went through world war two in the last century but there's nothing compared to what's going to come on the face of the earth and we'll show you that in the scripture in a moment 
And uh, I just want to warn, just clue you here that these things are coming on the earth. So when you hear the guy with the bad haircut shooting off his mouth over in North Korea, saying all those kind of things, and you see, you know, Trump responding to that, and you've got a few other people saying different things back and forth. I understand he's went in hiding now. They don't know why, but it may be because they're fixing to make another, they're fixing to do another launch thing. What North Korea is threatening with is a nuclear warhead on a ballistic missile. That's never been done in the world yet. Even though we've had, we have the capability, Russia has a capability, I'm sure uh, others have capability, but it is another step in that direction. It's never been done. Uh, the, the Nagasaki and Hiroshima were destroyed with a plane flying over and dropping a nuclear bomb. You know that. And uh, the bombs out in the water in the Pacific or out in the desert in America, they were all done by setting it there and blowing it up. But not on a ballistic missile. Ballistic missiles were those uh, U-2s and U-1s, U-2s that Germany used in World War II against England there. They, they've been developed now until the rocketry now can send men to the moon as far as that goes. But what I am pointing out to you here is that now North Korea said we've got this capability and now we can send these things all over the world, blah, blah, blah. And so uh, these, these are very dangerous things. And this is a, a stage in the world that the world has never seen this uh, this threat and this talk going on like it's going on today. I'm going to finish reading these verses here. It's this fourth verse says that the red horse, power was given to him to take a piece from the earth and that they should kill one another and that was given to him a great sword. Now look at verse five. And when he had opened the third seal, I heard, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> I, I heard, uh, I beheld and lo, a black horse. Everybody say black. This is a black horse. Thank you. And he that sat on him had a pair of balances, balances in his hand. Look at that close. The balances represent a famine. And I heard the voice of the midst of the four beasts, a measure of wheat for a penny, three measures of barley for a penny. And see thou hurt not the oil and the wine. The oil and the wine is the rich. So whenever this black horse goes forth, this is following the war, false peace, then a great war in the world, and then there is going to be a famine that will come on the earth following that, and a lot of people are going to die from it, but the rich are not touched yet, not yet, and spare the, they spare the oil and the wine. Now look at verse 7, and when he had opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth beast say, come and see, and I looked and hold a pale horse. And his name that said on him was death and hell followed with him. And so death is the name of this pale horse. Hell followed with him. And power was given unto them, death and hell, over the fourth part of the earth to kill with the sword and with hunger and with death and with the beasts of the earth. Now, first of all, I want to mention to you here the fourth part of the earth. What is the population of the world today? Does anybody know offhand? Uh, aren't we, aren't we uh, seven, mid, seven, seven billion, several hundred? Aren't we close to eight? Aren't we? If, if I'm wrong, I'm, I'll stand to be corrected, but I think we are close to eight billion. Let's just use that as a round figure. 
let's suppose this doesn't happen until there are eight billion or whatever. But if it says here that, uh, that one fourth of the world population dies from the war, from famine, <clears throat> and then name some other things here. <clears throat> if all of this it happens, one fourth, you've got one billion people on the face of the earth that will die from all of this calamity and this destruction. And all you've got to have is this atomic warfare in just a small measure, and you have got this radioactivity, clouds and radioactivities being spread by the wind and the clouds, and they drift across different parts of the earth. As you well know, they had a problem in Russia one time where one of these uh, power plants uh, blew up or they had a problem with it. Anyhow, it let off a lot of this radioactivity and it, it filtered across much of the land and it destroyed a lot of things and a lot of people. It made a lot of people sick and a lot of people suffered for years after that. Look what this scripture says here. It says that they died with the sword of verse 8, the latter part of it. It says that the power was given unto them over the fourth part of the earth to kill with the sword, that's, that's war, and with hunger, that's the famine, and with death. What is death? Uh, death is, uh, it could be radioactivity, you know. It could just be anything that follows that and so forth, diseases and plagues and everything else. And with the beasts of the earth, because the beasts of the earth, they're going to be looking for food. And so here you've got animals that, and all these, a lot of people is just pets. They can't be able to take care of pets. These pets will go wild. Uh, I've, you know, been in some of the foreign countries of the world and some of the places, uh, there's been places where the pets have gone wild and they become wild. They become wild packs of dogs and things of this nature. So what I'm trying to say here to you, that these things are coming on the earth and it's all because there is going to be this very terrible situation coming up. Now, this is in the Bible and it's coming to pass. This is not Brother Myers talking about it. This is what's in the Word. I'm just telling you that. I just want to tell you this again. God has his hand on his people. Now, I'm going to skip down here to verse 12 because uh, the rich are not left out. They're not left out. Look down to verse 12. In other words, left out on the judgment. And I beheld when he had opened the sixth seal, and lo, I skipped the fifth on purpose. I'll come back to that and deal with that next week. I beheld when he had opened the sixth seal, and lo, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as blood. I remember one time when I was a young man, I was down in Miami, and uh, I remember that all the neighbors got out in the yard and was looking to the west and the sun was sort of going down but it wasn't it was still up a ways but the but the sun had turned orange orange it, it, you could look at it you could look at it and everybody was out in the streets look at the sun what's go, what's going on what's happening and people are all in the streets and everybody was looking comment about it and everybody and, and of course knowing that things like this are in the book and this is not the only place it's recorded. There's several places in the Bible that talks about this happening. And, and whenever we looked at that sun and everything, people didn't know what it was. Later on, found out there was a big fire in the Everglades, and the smoke going up had covered that, gotten between the sun and us, and it just made that sun to look like it was a big round, like, almost like the moon, you know? It was a very funny and very, it's almost a scary look about it, knowing that it says that in the scripture. With radioactivity and clouds and all this stuff that'll happen, 
the sun will become like that. And so there was a great earthquake, all that smoke and stuff that rises in the air and covers the air. The sun became black as sackcloth of hair and the moon became as blood, not blood, but as blood. And it, in other words, it's very red. And verse 13, everybody see this? And the stars of heaven fell unto the earth. Now we know the stars can be planets bigger than the earth, but we also know there are meteorites that are, there's, there's groups of them that uh, go through space and they don't cycles. I have some literature on it. I don't have it with me today and I didn't intend to use it if I had had, had it with me. But it is all about a meteorite cluster of them that came close to the earth here a few years ago and then it makes a cycle and so forth. And they predict when the cycle will come and then there are cycles of other groups of meteorites. And if they ever come close to the earth's atmosphere, the gravity of the earth will pull them in. And when it does, it will look like shooting stars in the heavens. And if they are big enough and they get close enough and they come coming into the earth's atmosphere and they burn up in the atmosphere, some of them will not burn up, they're too big and they'll begin to hit the earth. And we know that that has happened in certain places. They found, you know, places where these, uh, these meteorites have hit. So apparently this is a barrage of meteorites that will hit the earth at this point. And it says, uh, and it says here in verse 13, the stars of heaven fell into the earth, even as a fig tree shaketh their untimely figs when she is shaken of a mighty wind. So you're gonna have these kind of things. Verse 14, and the heavens disparted, dis, departed as a scroll uh, when it is rolled together. Uh, I remember years ago when my children were yet young, they were small, and we were at the Florida campground, my wife and my children and myself, and I had a dream, I had a dream, and I dreamed that we were in service one night, we came out of the service and was walking over toward where there was a concession stand on the campground after uh, the service. And I remember the four of us were just walking along and we were going over there and probably, you know, drink some coffee and fellowship and get a sandwich or something, you know, at the concession stand. And all the people of God were out mingling around and we heard a, a, sque a squeal and a scream and, and shouts and we looked toward the east and the east was lighting up. And I said to myself, oh my goodness, the Lord is coming. The Lord is coming. And when I felt that, I said to myself, the Lord is coming here. And I remember looking in the sky in the dream, in the dream, and all the stars were just shooting across like that. Man, just and over here, there was like black. Over here, all these stars were shooting over this way. And I thought of that scripture that I'm reading to you here. It's in the Bible. This is a dream I had now and everything. And then I, told, I took my wife's hand and I took my daughter's hand and she took my son's hand. We were, they were young. We took the hand and we started walking toward that light as it got lighter. And we knew any moment the Lord would come. We just knew it. We knew it was going to happen. This is it. You know what went through my mind when, I, when that happened in the dream? You know what went through my mind? And that is this. The only thing that will ever count from this point on is what I have done for Christ. That's all. Everything else will mean nothing. Everything else is mute. Everything else is meaningless. Only what I've done for God from this point on is the only thing that will ever mean anything. It was in my mind. It was so heavy and powerful that I woke up. And when I woke up, I got down beside my bed 
And I had a long prayer with the Lord. I said, God, let me always keep you first in my life and walk with you, Lord, because I know one day you're going to come, and that's exactly the way it's going to be. But the dream, praise the Lord, was based on these scriptures here in, in, that, in that sense of the word. It also says here in verse 13, it says that just as the uh, stars fell from heaven as a fig tree, mighty shaken of wind, she is shaken of a mighty wind. Wind is shaken of a mighty Verse 14, and the heavens departed as a scroll. I think I read that to you. And here's what I'm getting to. And every mountain and island were moved out of their places. Look at that. I'm telling you, folks, this is a, this is a shaking of the earth like we've never seen. And verse 15, and the kings of the earth and great men and rich men. Now the rich men are going to have their time. You understand what I'm saying? Touch not the oil and the wine, but now it's come. And here's what it says. And the chief captains and the mighty men and every bondman and every free man hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains and said to the mountains and rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath is come, and who shall be able to stand? So this is the beginning of the wrath of God that is going to be poured upon the face of the earth. And uh, we're going to talk to you more about it next week. I want you to take a moment here. I want to confirm to you here about these great men, rich men, and so forth, who are going to be hiding in the rocks and the mountains in the face of the earth. If you will, turn with me over here to Isaiah chapter 13, if you would. Chapter 13 and verse 6. <clears throat> Everybody still with me now? Isaiah. And this is a confirmation to those verses that we just read. Chapter 13, verse 6. How ye for the day of the Lord is at hand. It shall come as a destruction from the Almighty. Look at verse 9. Behold, the day of the Lord cometh cruel, both with wrath and fierce anger to lay the land desolate, and he shall destroy the sinners thereof out of it. For the stars of heaven and the constellation thereof shall not give their light. The sun shall be darkened in his going forth, and the moon shall not cause her light to shine. And I will punish the world for their evil and the wicked for their iniquity. And I will cause the arrogancy of the proud to cease, and I will lay low the haughtiness of the terrible. Look at verse 13, reading, saving time here. Therefore, I will shake the heavens and the earth shall roll, uh, shall, shall remove out of their, her place in the wrath of the Lord of hosts and in the day of his fierce anger. Verse 14, and it shall be as a chaste row and as a sheep that no man taketh up. They shall every man turn to his own people and flee every man into his own land. So this sort of gives you a picture here of what we're reading to you. Another verse is in, in Isaiah I'm just reading very quickly here, if you're one more time, if you look with us in chapter 2 and verse 19. And they shall go into the holes of the rocks and into the caves of the earth for fear of the Lord and for the glory of his majesty when he ariseth to shake terribly the earth. So in that day a man shall cast his idols of silver and idols of gold, which they made each one for himself to worship, to the moles and to the bats, to go into the clefts of the rocks and into the tops of the ragged rocks for fear of the Lord and for the glory of his majesty when he ariseth to shake terribly the earth. So here in Isaiah, you've got it recorded here in Revelations, you've got it recorded. There's other places in Isaiah, there's other places in Joel, there's other scriptures all over through the Bible in the Old Testament. 
that confirm all these things that are going to come to pass here on the face of the earth. And I'm telling you all these things because all these things are going to come and they're going to be very devastating. This is the sixth chapter that I read to you in the book of Revelation. Very quickly, I'm going to jump to the ninth chapter and show you one other thing. Remember, one-fourth of the world population will die in that sixth chapter. Now go to chapter nine for a moment. I'm jumping ahead. And next week, I'm going to really give you some things that is going to tie some things together here for you. <clears throat> but if you go over to chapter nine and verse uh, chapter 13, the sixth angel sounded and I heard a voice. This is a trumpet being sounded now. It's another form of judgment from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before the Lord, saying to the sixth angel, which had, which, uh, had the trumpet, loose the four angels which are bound in the great river Euphrates. I'll give you a Bible lesson on that sometimes. found in Jeremiah 51 when, they were, when it was cast there. Verse 15, and the four angels which were loose, these are evil angels, these are bad angels, these are devils, these are demons, which were prepared for an hour, for a day, for a month, and a year, for to slay the third part of men. So get the picture now, eight million people, eight, uh, <laughs> eight million people, and one-fourth of them are slain. So that leaves, uh, that leaves, let's see, six, thank you. <laughs> okay, I'm watching that clock too. That leaves six million, and one-third of that is slain, and that leaves three, right? Four. Wait, am I got it right? Anyhow, by the time you get through the ninth chapter, you have half the world population that has died. Everybody understand what I'm saying here? And when you start reading this from this on down, verse 18, by these three were the third part of men killed by fire and by smoke, I believe is poisonous gas that they're going to use against each other, and by brimstone, which are shells shot from guns and so forth. And it goes on to describe things here, and I'll show you how that I believe this is a modern warfare that will be fought. So what I'm trying to show you here, folks, is that this world is going to get as bad as this, this general said that it would get one day. It's not a matter of when, it is a, it's not a matter of if, but it's a matter of when, and we're drawing close to it. What does that all mean to us, and I'm closing, and that is this, that we need to be ready to meet the Lord. The Lord is coming, and I'm going to show you a lot of good things next week. Where you and I as a church are in all of this and how that you can be ready to meet the Lord and you don't have to go and all that. I was going to show you some charts here, and I forgot to get around to it, the book of Revelation, and we'll get on that next week. But God is, on, is for his people. He is going to lead us, guide us, direct us, and keep his hand on us and bless us in all things. Let's stand together and give God the praise and worship, and our musicians are coming at this time. Thank you for being so patient here with us in our <clears throat> setup here. <clears throat> 